Welcome to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson, best-selling author of three books on healing cancer successfully. Now, here's Bill Henderson. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in to How to Live Cancer-Free on webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have you, and we're going to have some wonderful information for you here on the show today. Before we get started in that, though, we want to give you kind of an update of the current information that's going on in the news about cancer. And one of our wonderful folks at Web Talk Radio will be talking to you shortly for a few minutes about that. So stay tuned, and I'll be back shortly. Thanks, Bill. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. In last week's Cancer in the News segment, we talked about how cannabis oil works to kill cancer cells. Today, we will talk about dosage and how to take cannabis oil. For most people, it will take about 60 grams of cannabis oil to kill most cancers. For the average person, it will take about 90 days to ingest the full 60-gram treatment of cannabis oil. People should start by orally ingesting three doses of cannabis oil per day. For the first week, each dose should be the size of a half grain of white rice. After the oil has been taken for a week, start to double the dose. The dose should be doubled every four days until one gram per day is ingested. Most people get to the point where they can ingest one gram per day in about 30 to 35 days. Once ingesting one gram of oil per day is achieved, dosage should continue at that rate until the cancer is gone. The main side effect most people experience with cannabis oil, other than the high effect, is sleep and rest. Both play important roles in healing the body. Within an hour of taking a dose of cannabis oil, the oil will cause you to get tired. Don't fight it, just use that time to rest. Some people have reported being extremely tired during the day when the oil treatment is first started. They didn't have a lot of energy and they wanted to sleep a lot. Those are common side effects of the oil and usually after the first four to five weeks those effects start to diminish. However, the patient will continue to sleep very well during the night. Don't worry, the daytime tiredness will go away and you'll be able to return to your normal life. Dosing the oil slowly over the first 30 days allows the body to build up a tolerance to it slowly. For people that experience a high side effect or extreme tiredness during the day, you can slightly reduce your dosage during the day hours and slightly increase your dosage before bed. This will help in gaining quality of sleep, plus it helps build your tolerance while you sleep. We all have different tolerances for any medication. The size and body weight of a person have little to do with your tolerance to cannabis oil. Be aware that when treating with cannabis oil, it is also likely it will lower your blood pressure. If you are currently taking a blood pressure medication, it's possible you will no longer need to take it once you start the cannabis oil. Closely monitor your blood pressure to make sure you can stop taking your current medication. At the end of the oil treatment, continued use of the cannabis oil is a great idea. After the cancer is gone, you can take the oil at a much reduced dose. Taking one gram per month is a good dose to maintain your health. There have been people who have experienced mild withdrawal symptoms when the original cannabis oil treatment is finished. They did not take a maintenance dose of oil, nor did they ingest cannabis in any other fashion, such as vaporizing. One person experienced lack of sleep, loss of appetite, sweats, and lack of sex drive. These symptoms were gone within seven days. Starting with larger doses would be good to help patients get off addictive and dangerous pain medications like morphine or Vicodin. When people using those type of medications start the cannabis oil treatment, they can a lot of times cut their pain medications by as much as half. It might also be good to start with larger doses if the cancer is in the late stages. 
Most importantly though, you always want to make sure you stay within your comfort zone when taking the cannabis oil. Everyone is different, some people can take more than others, so make sure that the dose you take is right for you. Cannabis oil has a very high success rate in the treatment of cancer. Unfortunately, many people who decide to start cannabis oil treatment have been badly damaged by chemo and radiation. That damage done by those treatments can extend the time and the amount of cannabis oil needed to kill cancer. Depending on the damage done and the type of cancer, it could take as much as 180 grams of cannabis oil and 6 months or more to kill the cancer. The oil is also able to rejuvenate vital organs in the body like the pancreas. Some diabetics who have taken the oil find that after about 6 weeks of treating with cannabis oil that they have reduced their insulin use in half, and in certain cases they no longer require insulin at all since their pancreas started doing its job again. To treat skin cancer, you will need about an ounce of high quality cannabis to make the oil to treat it. With this amount of starting material, you should get 3 to 4 grams of high grade cannabis oil. You will apply the oil directly to the skin cancer and cover it with a clean bandage. Reapply fresh cannabis oil every 3 or 4 days as well as a new bandage. Continue treatment until the cancer is gone. Once the cancer is gone, continue to treat the same area where the cancer was for about 2 weeks just as if the cancer was still present. Doing this helps ensure that all the cancer cells die. If you've had skin cancer for a longer period of time, it may take a longer time to cure. In most skin cancer cases, the cancer disappears in less than 3 weeks. In extreme cases it could take longer, but just continue the treatment until the cancer is gone. The speed of healing all depends on your own rate of healing and how deep the cancer is. When starting cannabis oil treatment, the next steps that should be taken are a change in diet and a few lifestyle changes. Cancer cannot grow in an alkaline body that is highly oxygenated. You want to eat an alkaline-rich diet by eating many greens every day. Plant protein will fight the growth of cancer. Buy a juicer and start eating as many raw fruits and vegetables as possible. Eat little to no meat or dairy products because the proteins in them will promote cancer growth. You should stop eating sugars. Do not drink any soda at all. Replace the use of sugar with natural sweeteners like raw honey. All tobacco use should be stopped at once. Cigarette smoking kills over 500,000 people each year alone, and it's a fact it causes cancer. So stopping the use of tobacco is very important. Why would you continue to use a product that causes cancer? This is the first lifestyle change you need to make. Cancer thrives in acidic environments, so by raising the body's pH level, it makes it hard for cancer cells to survive there. One of the most alkalizing foods to incorporate in your diet is chlorophyll. Remember, chlorophyll is the substance in plants that allows them to absorb light from the sun and convert that light into usable energy. By eating a diet in high chlorophyll, such as dark green veggies and super greens, we drink in liquid oxygen. Educate yourself about which foods are more alkaline forming. There are many acid alkaline diet books and food charts available online that you can study. With a juicer, take one-third of an apple, one-third of a carrot, one-third of celery, and make juice to drink every day. This will help raise the pH level in your body. Eating seeds from two apples every day will give you a good daily dose of B17. B17 itself has had a good record of treating cancer. Many people who used cannabis oil to treat their cancers didn't change anything, and the oil still worked. If it's a matter of life and death, changing your diet is an easy step to take to help cure your cancer. It is also beneficial to oxygenate the body. In 1931, Dr. Otto Warburg won his first Nobel Prize for proving cancer is caused by a lax of oxygen respiration in cells. 
He stated in an article titled The Prime Cause and Prevention of Cancer that the cause of cancer is no longer a mystery. We know it occurs whenever any cell is denied 60% of its oxygen requirements. So oxygenating the body is essential to help kill the cancer. You could lightly jump on a little trampoline for about 20 minutes a day. This helps to oxygenate the body and quickly increases white blood cell count. If you don't want to bounce on a trampoline, you can walk outside three to four times per week without fatigue to increase oxygen to the body. Also, drink lots of non-chlorinated, non-fluoridated spring water every day. At least one gallon with half a teaspoon of Himalayan pink salt. This increases the electricity in the body that is needed to heal. That's a look at cancer in the news this week. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. Now back to you, Bill. Last week, I promised you a a second interview about cleansing and detox with uh, Ron Strauss. Unfortunately, we had to delay that a week uh, because Ron had, he was just too busy to get prepared, and he likes to prepare for these things. So he brings you, you know, very good information, and, and I certainly appreciate that. He had a little too much to do this week to get to uh, do an interview, so we're going to do it next week. And this time, uh, what I'm going to do is encore presentation of Dr. Hal Huggins, who is one of the most qualified uh, dental experts in the country, probably in the world, uh, about dental toxins. And he's going to talk to you about that issue in the second half of the show, so be sure and stay tuned. This is a gentleman with an enormous amount of information on this subject, and he also has a pretty dry sense of humor. And, you know, be sure to listen up for, for that. For example, in the latter part of the interview, you'll hear about him talking about a doctor with zero cholesterol, which is hilarious. But anyway, listen up. Dr. Huggins is a very entertaining but also educational guest. You know, I've been trying for the last 25 years to find something that would help me with my uh, swollen prostate problem. Uh, men my age, I'm 79, men a lot younger than me in their late 50s or even mid-50s and on have prostate problems. The prostate generally gets larger and it interferes with your urination and certainly mine has. And I've tried a dozen different products including a couple of prescription meds over these last 20 some years and found nothing. Finally, finally, I found something that worked for me. It's called Prostabel. And this is equally as effective for prostate cancer as it is for swollen prostates like mine. If you are a gentleman with prostate problems, I would strongly recommend you try some of this because it's the first thing that's worked for me. It has two plant extracts in it. One is called Pau Pereira. Others called Rawulfia vomitoria, believe it or not. Uh, One's from South America, one from Africa. But they were discovered by a gentleman named Mirko Beljansky, who was a researcher and and physicist in in France for many years, and for about 45 years researched uh, products that would uh, affect the cells. And what he found very successfully was that this combination really helped with the prostate cells. So the product is called Prostabel. It comes from a company called Natural Source International in New York. Their website is natural-source.com. At the website, you'll find that there is also a ladies' version called Lady Bell, which is a special formula designed for women and uh, combines the same plant extracts, but it also has some golden leaf ginkgo in it, which is known for its enzymatic regulation and cell protection activity. So 
The ladies product is there, the men's product Prostabel. Take a look at, at natural-source.com and be sure if you order by phone or over the website, either one, that you mention you heard about it from me because what you'll get is a 20% discount on your first order. So be sure and mention Bill Henderson's name. Well, I got an interesting letter from a, a dentist in St. Louis today, and I'm not going to tell you his name. Actually, it was yesterday I got the letter. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who he is because these people just kind of like to operate under the radar, basically. They are fixing up the problems that people have with their health caused by the dental work they've had done before. And, of course, the people who've done the dental work for them are members of the American Dental Association, as are these dentists who are what I call the really qualified biological dentists. And by, by the way, there are quite a few dentists around who call themselves biological dentists, as Dr. Huggins points out that are not really qualified to do what you need to, done. But this particular gentleman is in St. Louis. He's very well qualified. And what he sent me, among other things, was a book of testimonials from his patients for the last 10 years or so that he's put together. And it was amazing. I mean, he had these uh, categorized by root canal treatments, uh, cavitation treatments, mercury amalgam removal, and so on. In every case, the people had dramatic improvements in their health. And if you've listened to the interview I did with Sandy Zeitman a few weeks ago or Dr. Nunnally, both of those are available, by the way, on this website if you want to listen to them. If you haven't, you, you know what, what dramatic improvements dental work can have on your health. And that's what these people show time after time in each of these testimonials. Incredible improvements almost immediately in their health and their well-being and their energy and feeling better and getting over all kinds of degenerative conditions just because they've had their mouth cleaned up finally. So this is a super important issue. If you want some uh, questions, and by the way, I do this for people almost every day, uh, send them a copy of, of Dr. Don Ewing's set of questions that she's put together about what to ask a dentist who is going to do mercury amalgam removal for you or any other kind of dental work to see if he or she is qualified. If you want a copy of these questions, which come from Dr. Ewing is very well qualified. She's the executive director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. So this is a very qualified lady who works uh, with Dr. Bill Glaros in Houston in a very wonderful dentist's office there. Uh, but Dr. Ewing has put together these questions. If you want a copy of this, just send me an email. My email is e the letter U, heal, H-E-A-L, cancer, at gmail.com. Send me an email, and I'll send you back this list of questions from Dr. Ewing, which will help you get to at least a, a qualified dentist. These people are very rare, by the way. That's very hard to find them. I have quite a list of them that I've gotten from people that I've done coaching for. If you're interested in, in the coaching, I'll be glad to go through your, your history with you and try to go over with you the cause of your cancer, which is the main thing I usually discuss with people on these coaching telephone calls that I do with people every day. If you're interested in this and getting some resources for taking care of what is probably the cause of your cancer, just take a look at the coaching page at my website. The website, again, is beatingcancergently.com. You have to put hyphens between the words. It's beating, B-E-A-T-I-N-G, 
hyphen cancer hyphen g-e-n-t-l-y gently dot com take a look at that coaching page if you're interested and, and I'll be glad to help you on the phone the Atmos H2O Fitness Series water producer that we have in our dining room here is absolutely wonderful we are drinking the best water we've ever had and getting hot water for our coffee in the morning and for our uh, soups and so on out of this same machine and there is no hookup to the city water system at all it's getting the water out of the air in our living and dining area in the house and it is perfectly pure water it is carefully filtered it is uh, fed some minerals which you need to keep from drinking distilled water which is not particularly healthy but it's also alkalinized and ionized to the point where the water is very available to your cells and produces an alkaline state in your body which keeps you healthy and overcomes all kinds of things. Uh, the price of this thing, the one we have, uh, there are two different models of this, the price is somewhere around $2,500 but you get a discount from the folks that sell this if you just tell them you heard about it on this show so be sure and mention this. If you want to call them uh, there is a phone number in Florida you can call. It's 1-877-511-SMART, S-M-A-R-T. 877-511-SMART. It's a toll-free number. Uh, the website, if you want to take a look, is Atmos, A-T-M-O-S. It stands for Atmosphere, of course. A-T-M-O-S, H-2-O-U-S-A dot com. Be sure and take a look at this, folks. It is the most wonderful water source that I've ever known about, and it is totally free of any connection to chlorine, fluoride, or any other harmful minerals in, in the water that we drink. Well, most of you know about Green Supreme and, and Barley Power, uh, one of their wonderful products that produces alkalinity in your body with, uh, with pills that are made from barley, and the barley leaves of the young barley plant are full of enzymes. So the, the body's enzymes, there are about 3,000 of them that have been identified, virtually all of them are in the barley leaves if they're processed correctly, which these pills are. They're cold processed so that they retain all the barley properties. And along with that, you get 72 trace minerals, 20 amino acids, and a huge dose of alkalinity for your body, which, along with drinking alkalinized water, is probably the most effective way to keep your body alkaline. I take seven or eight of these every morning, uh, it, before I eat, actually, because they help with digestive enzymes. So 15, 20 minutes or so before you eat, if you can take these. Uh, for cancer patients, I recommend they take five or six of them at least uh, before each meal if they eat three meals or eight or ten of those if they only eat two meals a day like we do. To get some of this you just go to greensupreme.net which is the name of the company, Green Supreme Incorporated, greensupreme.net or you can call them in Pennsylvania 1-800-358-0777 outside the US call area 724-946-9057 well, cancer in the news, very interesting studies here about breast cancer caused by, guess what, mammograms. We've talked about this before, but the radiation from mammograms has now been proven without any doubt to cause breast cancer in women. Here's this, the information on the study. This was done at the Department of Energy's Lawrence Berkeley 
National Laboratory, and what they discovered was that radiation exposure can alter cells' microenvironment, the environment surrounding the cells, and this greatly raises the odds of future cells becoming cancerous. Here's what the leader of the study says. He says, our work shows that radiation can change the microenvironment of breast cells, and this in turn can allow the growth of abnormal cells with a long-lived phenotype that have a much greater potential to be cancerous. And his name is Paul Yaswin. He's a cell biologist and breast cancer research specialist with the Berkeley Labs Life Sciences Division. He goes on, many in the cancer research community, especially radiobiologists, have been slow to acknowledge and incorporate in their work the idea that cells in human tissues are not independent entities, but are highly communicative with each other and with their microenvironment. So in this study, they, they took some uh, cells, breast cells, and they exposed them to a relatively small amount of radiation. It was actually what they call a low to moderate dose with a single treatment and they compared the irradiated cells to sets of breast cells that had not been irradiated and the results which they've published in an online journal called breast cancer research showed that four to six weeks after the radiation exposure the normal breast cancer cells had stopped dividing far earlier than they would have normally and of course this premature cell senescence as it's called had accelerated the outgrowth of the wrong kind of cells, the ones that attract cancer. The radiation promoted the growth of precancerous cells by making the environment that surrounded the cells more hospitable to their continued growth, is what the researchers said. They pointed out that the levels of radiation used in their experiments were not as much as a woman would be exposed to during a single routine mammogram, in other words, you get more from a mammogram than they were using. Uh, what they used was comparable to what you'd get during a CT scan or radiotherapy, as it's called in some uh, European countries, radiation in this country. And this is a major item of concern, folks. What we've talked about with Dr. Husser and some others on this show are the use of thermograms for, for breast cancer detection which can detect it much earlier than a mammogram and much more accurately, but it can also associate it with other areas of inflammation, such as root canal filled teeth, which are very frequently associated with breast cancer. And if you can get a thermogram, that's what you want to get, folks, and get it, if you can, of the whole upper body, including your head and your jaw, so that it will show you the connection there. Well, I like Dr. William Campbell Douglas. He's a, a very, uh, you know, very interesting and, and humorous uh, holistic physician, and he, he publishes something called Daily Dose uh, several times a week. And uh, if you're interested in this, uh, you can go and look him up at realhealth.com. Dr. William Cam Campbell Douglas, really interesting. But what he wrote up in, a, in an article a few days ago was that women are falling victims to the post-traumatic stress syndrome, the same thing that, that soldiers experience after the, they've been in a battle. What the researchers in Greece at the Pantheon University of Athens found was that 45% of women who undergo breast cancer treatments suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. 
of course, you know, this is what you usually get when you, you've been in a battle of some kind. But uh, what Dr. Douglas points out is that you're better off taking your chances in a real war zone because then only a third of the soldiers who returned from Iraq came down with this condition. So the, the women are actually getting it more than, than the soldiers. He said the researchers said at the Impact Breast Cancer Conference in Brussels that even women who'd had successful, in quotes, treatments are at risk for the condition, which includes depression, anxiety, nightmares, and mood swings. And he says, and they call that success? Give me a break already. Uh, what he points out is that if these women have this condition, that they're probably suspicious that what's happened to them was not necessary. That this type of so-called modification of their body by taking out the where the cancer cells are showing up, taking a particular organ out of their body was not necessary, as is true in many, many cases. He points out that most of these women never needed surgery in the first place and that many of the cancer cases are caused by the mammograms that they have done. But the researchers behind this study are warning doctors to watch women for the signs of PTSD. What he says, Dr. Douglas, he says they're warning the wrong people. They should warn the women about their doctors instead and shout it as loud as you can. Because here is the problem your doctors don't know what to do about cancer. And the sooner you learn this, the more likely you are to survive. Hopefully you can pass this on. I'm sure most of you that listen to this show are on the same page I am as far as uh, the, the competence or lack of it of the medical community to deal with so what are called chronic degenerative conditions like cancer and so on. But most of the people that you know still trust their doctors. The only time this is smart is if you've had some kind of a of a real trauma, you've been hit by a bus or something, and obviously the emergency room doctors do wonderful things in this country and every civilized country for people who have traumatic problems like that. But chronic degenerative conditions, hey folks, get the message yourself, learn what we're talking about on this show among other things. Learn about all of the natural things you can do to your body to overcome things like cancer, because believe me, it is not that difficult. Well, another doctor I like is called Al Sears. Dr. Al Sears also has a website you might want to jot down if you want to get some useful free information. It is Al Sears, A-L-S-E-A-R-S-M-D dot com. Take a look at the website. There's, uh, he also has a newsletter, which you can subscribe to, called Health Confidential. One of the things he talked about recently was, of course, vitamin D, which we've frequently discussed on this show. And he was talking about the importance of this in relation to cancer. And, of course, I, I know about this. I think you do, too. But I'll mention some of the things that he points out that vitamin D helps with. And this is all very important information. One of the studies done was interesting. It showed that prostate cancer was much more prevalent in the northern states in this in this uh, United States than they are in the southern states. That southern state men just do not get prostate cancer at as high a rate as those in the northern states. Why is this? Well, okay, think about the sunshine available in the southern states uh, like Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, uh, and so on. 
as compared to Minnesota, Maine, uh, North Dakota, Washington State, etc., etc. And you'll get the picture here. It is simply that sunshine and the vitamin D3 that it delivers to your body is an essential way to keep cancer from occurring. But he also points out that there are several other advantages. Vitamin D helps to boost your mood and mental performance. It prevents prostate, breast, ovarian, and many other cancers. It reduces your risk of skin cancer, unlike what you've probably been told by somebody to stay out of the sun because you'll get skin cancer. That is not true. It also prevents and treats bone diseases, and it prevents diabetes. So, do you want to stay out in the sun for several hours and get beet red? Well, no. Uh, we're talking here about 20 minutes approximately a day or the equivalent of sunshine. Obviously, in the midday is the best. Uh, if that is not possible, which it is not for most of us, we have to work in an office environment, many of us, uh, we don't get out in the sun frequently enough. So, the, the simple solution is to take a vitamin D supplement and they are available in 5,000 IU little gel caps that I take. Very, very inexpensive, uh, like four or five dollars for a hundred of these little gel caps. And you can take two of those a day if you don't have, have cancer, and that's plenty. That's what I take every day, about 10,000 IU of vitamin D, and it keeps me healthy. Cancer patients probably should take a little more until you've had a test, of, test the vitamin D level, as soon as possible after you've had a cancer diagnosis or even before just go to your doctor they can do a simple blood test and get your vitamin D level if it's up around 70 or higher you're fine and you can continue doing what you're doing if it's anywhere below that and you have any indication of any kind of degenerative condition up the ante of the vitamin D to something like 20,000 IU a day in other words about four of these little pills that I take and you will bring the level up over a period of, of several weeks. It will get up into the healthy range, which I call 70 or higher for cancer patients, certainly. Uh, some of the vitamin D experts say 40 to 60 is okay. Well, if you're healthy and, and you have no concern about uh, chronic degenerative conditions, that's probably adequate. But certainly, if you're trying to get over something like cancer, it has to be higher than that. Well, I've got two other wonderful sponsors here before we get on with the Dr. Huggins interview. Uh, certainly, some of you know that I take uh, Transfer Points Beta-Glucan every morning. I only take one of these because that's all I need for prevention. If you're suffering from cancer or have any other indication of, of a problem, you should take one of these little capsules for every 50 pounds of body weight once a day, but you can take them all in the morning, ideally before you eat anything or drink anything in the morning on an empty stomach, and then forget about it until the next day. This stuff is so efficient at getting your immune system to working very as, as highly efficiently as it can. It actually activates neutrophil cells to recognize cancer cells, which they normally do not do. And since those are about 60% of your immune system cells, that's important, obviously. And it, uh, it does a great job of helping you overcome cancer, and that's why I recommend it. It comes from a source called BetterWayHealth.com. That's their website. They have other products there that you can take a look at. But take a look at BetterWayHealth.com, and if you haven't already, sign up for one of their profiles, which will get you a discount. Uh, 
you identify yourself as a listener of this show when you do that, and they'll give you a discount off of all of their products, including, of course, the, the beta-glucan. Uh, the, the number to call them if you don't like to order online is 1-800-746-7640 in Atlanta, and they ship anywhere in the world. You can call area 678-560-1808 from outside the United States. Well, my other sponsor is a group of people that I've known for many years, at least eight years or so now, wonderful folks that run a, a company called Our Health Co-op. And it's located in Florida. Uh, at least that's where they ship the products from. And one of the things that makes this company the best source I know of for, for all kinds of supplements is their concern about product quality. They don't sell anything that they haven't had tested in an independent lab that they use themselves to show what is in the product is correct. In other words, what it says on the container is actually in there. You do not have to worry about that. And believe me, this is the only company that I know of that does this for their supplements. That plus the fact that they mark them up very, very carefully uh, just over the cost, uh, about 5% or so, makes them the cheapest and highest quality source you can find. You can get their products through their website, makinghealthaffordable.com. Call their order desk in Florida if you like. It's 1-800-667-0781. Outside the United States, again, they ship anywhere. It's 561 area code, 863-5300. Well, stay tuned now, folks. You're going to hear Dr. Hal Huggins here, who is the living expert on the subject of dental toxins. And he has a message for you that you must understand if you want to retain your health or get it back if you've lost it. So stay tuned, folks. Well, hello, folks. I'm very fortunate today to have a guest for you who is going to tell you everything you need to know about your dental toxicity problems, and virtually all of us have them, so you need to listen to this gentleman very carefully. His name is Dr. Hal Huggins, and when you've studied dentistry and the oral cavity and what it does to the body as he has for 47 years you begin to understand uh, very deeply some problems that we all need to be more familiar with. Dr. Huggins got a degree of dentistry in 1962 at the University of Nebraska and since then of course he has done a lot of work with people's mouths, but he's done more with research. Really since 1973, he's been studying mercury toxicity, what it does to the body, and more recently in the last 15, 20 years or so, he has studied in depth root canal teeth, cavitations, mercury, all of the things that affect your body coming out of your mouth and exactly what they do, and he's documented it with looking at DNA and looking at different types of anaerobic bacteria. Those of you who heard the interview I did with Dr. Huggins before about six weeks ago, you'll find that we're going to cover a lot more information, so stay tuned. And if you didn't hear that one, you might want to go back and listen to it because he has lots of information that is useful to you. And I would like you to look at, you can do it while we talk here if you like, because it's a very informative website, a website called terfinfo.com. 
The TERF stands for Toxic Element Research Foundation, and it is loaded with information that you can read anytime. Of course, we'd rather have you listen than, than read at the moment, because I think Dr. Huggins is going to have some great information for you today. Thank you, Dr. Hal. Appreciate very much you sharing with our folks today. I certainly appreciate your helping us generate awareness. Yeah, we're trying to get the word out here as best we can. And, you know, the 65,000 or so people who listen to this show hopefully will be passing this information on to their loved ones and their family so we can reach quite a few people today, hopefully, with some useful information. We were talking earlier about a couple of things that I've heard about from people that I've been working with on their cancer about how to deal with root canal teeth in ways that still leave the tooth in the mouth. And a couple of people I've talked to have mentioned that dentists have tried on their root canal in order to sterilize it and keep it in the mouth, which dentists seem to be obsessed with, as you know. They've tried something called laser treatment. Are you familiar with that? What do you think about it? Yes, well, laser, there are several things that you can use. In fact, 100 years ago now, in uh, 1909, Weston Price was using some chemicals that are way, way too strong to use in somebody who is alive, and uh, this was on extracted teeth. And in 48 hours, he found that 990 out of 1,000 of them had become recontaminated. Oh, my. We're using concentrated phenol. We're using concentrated alcohol, stuff that's just very, very powerful. Well, where did these bacteria go? I mean, yeah, you killed everything off, but 48 hours later... Here they come again. Yeah. So some of that goes down into the dentin tubules, which is what the dentin is made out of. you got three and a half miles of it just in a front tooth. Wow. Um, okay, so there's some bacteria there, but you obviously can't kill them off because they come back, but that's not the high concentration. Well, where, where is the concentration then? Around the tooth. The tooth is not really attached directly to a bone. There are fibers that come out of the bone and fibers that come out of the tooth that interconnect and form a ligament, a little hammock there. And we have found a tremendously higher concentration of toxins and bacteria through our DNA studies there than you do in the canal itself. Okay, this is the ligament that surrounds the tooth then that is the most uh, infected part of it, is that right? That was right until about four months ago. Oh, really? Four months ago, then we started. I got the idea of what's going on in the bone surrounding the tooth. Right. So we took blood samples from the bone surrounding the tooth, and bingo, we've got, I don't have an exact figure, but something on the order of 400% higher bacteria readings there than in the tooth. So every time you bite down, that bacteria surrounding the tooth gets squirted into your bloodstream as oh, well boy. as the toxins that are made from those bacteria. Oh, but boy. there's no way you can get a clear out into the bone and sterilize that. Uh, these people who are using the various methods of sterilizing, they're doing a good job of sterilizing a column of air in the middle of the tooth. Yeah. It, uh, it can penetrate a few millimeters into the tooth, but it certainly cannot get to the periodontal ligament. And if it got to the periodontal ligament, there's no way it could get into the surrounding bone. I see. Another one I've heard about is is an ozone treatment, uh, which uh, this particular dentist here in California is doing mm-hmm. over a five-week period. Uh, once a week, you go in and have the thing uh, supposedly sterilized with ozone, 
And he's only been doing it for about a year. Do you think that's the, the same problem you just mentioned? Well, yes. We have studied where they have uh, done the ozone treatment on bone grafts, where they're putting in dead animal bone. Right. Uh, they put that in, and that does not take either. We find some of the most fulminating bacteria in the bone grafts that are really, really bad, and we have found people who have picked up diseases from the person who was the donor on that because the donor was dead of a disease that Caucasians never catch, and uh, these people have been catching it. I'll be darned. Hey, uh, this is not good. So the bone graft, well, is there any other profession in the world that can put something dead in your body and get paid for it? (laughs) Really? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Root canal teeth have been proven to be the source of all kinds of, of diseases and problems. You've validated that and, and documented it, and yet they get done every day. Can you explain why that happens? Why well, do we do 60 million of these a year in the United States alone? Yeah, well, the reason for that is the American Dental Association raised the bar. They used to ask for 30 million a year, and now they're asking for 60 million a year. Oh, my. And it is, it's a financial thing. Yeah, I guess so. It's a huge industry, uh, many billions of dollars a year that are generated by root canal fillings. And, and of course, the dentists don't deal with the aftermath of this generally, and that's the major problem. And, of course, most people are not aware of what we're talking about here. And certainly doctors do not ever, as far as I can tell, explore the dental history of their patients, particularly when they get a cancer diagnosis. They don't nail it uh, as, as coming out of the mouth. And I've found that about 90-plus percent of the people I work with have root canal fillings, but they're always, always, always connected to the cancer, always. And I know this because they try everything under the sun, conventional, you know, alternative treatment, nothing works. They get their mouth cleaned up, and three, four weeks later, they're free of cancer. Well, there was support for what you're saying from... Joseph Isselt in uh, Germany, you know, he treated terminal cancer patients for 40 years. And yeah. he talked to me when I started lecturing on root canals, and he was so excited because he was afraid that uh, his work was going to die with him. Right. But he doesn't see the same figure that you do. He only finds 97% of the people <laughs> with cancer who had uh, root canal. 97%. Wow. So if you're, you know, 97 and 100, that, that's pretty close. But, <laughs> uh, certainly too close to say, oh, it's just a fluke. Oh, oh no, we kid. are doing the um, DNA testing and finding out who are the bugs that are related to cancer. Right. And if they're present in these root canal teeth, how can you argue the point? Hey, you got a smoking gun and somebody holding it there in their hot little hand. Right. Well, you uh, obviously, we have been concentrating on cancer on this show and talking to people who are interested in that or, or listening, but most cancer patients have other things wrong. They have other conditions, as I call them, or, right. or reactions of their body to what's happened to it. What have you found in addition to cancer is caused by these same toxins? Well, uh, number one is actually a heart attack, and sometimes the first symptom is a fatal heart attack. Oh, boy. And it's a little late to go to the dentist then. Yeah, right. There are so many things that are related to them, and it's interesting. We've just done a CD on cholesterol, and we're finding that the dental materials, this was sponsored by the Coors uh, Foundation, we found that the lower the 
cholesterol, they higher the incidence of cancer. And amalgam has a wonderful opportunity to lower the cholesterol. And then, of course, you add the uh, cholesterol-lowering drugs, and you do have a problem. But yeah, what they call a statin. Below 160, yeah. cancer loves to move in. Oh, my. And the dental materials, the mercury and the root canals, the cavitations do that because there are several bacteria that are formed that uh, you've probably heard of Clostridium perfringens. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one that is not real helpful for cancer, and it is one that it can be killed off uh, quite easily by cholesterol. But if you have the silver mercury fillings in your mouth, you're going to lower the cholesterol, and you're not going to be able to fight off cancer or the Clostridium either one. Wow, and of course the statin drugs that the doctor prescribes for the cholesterol just make the situation worse. Well, and they, you get, see, they never, never. Right here, yeah. uh, the incidence of stroke as you drop below 160 milligrams percent goes up, you ready for this? 7,200 percent. Whoa, you're and kidding. These are all studies that have been done in major universities. It's been published in the medical literature and yet you never hear it advertised on television. No. And the amount of cancer itself, when it drops below 160, uh, this was a study on 25,200 people. Yeah. The uh, death by cancer went up 26% by people who were lowering their cholesterol by taking the cholesterol-lowering drugs. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, warning, folks, uh, and this is just another example of, of the dental toxin problem that is so prevalent in people's all, the so-called diseases of all kinds, and most of these degenerative conditions are not really diseases. They're just reactions of what's happened to your body, including all the dental work you've had done over the years, and, and this is one of the primary causes of it, folks, and you need to get get familiar with this information quickly and get somebody who can help you with and there are relatively few dentists i don't know what to call them i know dr hal doesn't like the word biological dentist particularly well, biological but, just means i'll take out your amalgams yeah it right doesn't mean that they know how to interpret a blood test yeah that's right <laughs> and, we just had a, a three-day seminar here last week uh, with people from several places in the world who are learning how to do the mechanical aspects. Yeah. Uh, the mechanical aspects don't do everything. The body chemistry is what's necessary to put the body back together, and I think that's the area that you're working in, too. Yeah, right. But there but... is a mechanical aspect, and if you violate that, you stimulate these diseases so that uh, we found in studies that we've done here where, oh, it's too far to go to that dentist. I'm just going to go to the one across the street. We call them back in six months and find that when they had the fillings replaced improperly and the improper materials put in, 63% of those people ended up with a disease they did not have before they had their amalgams out. Yeah, they're worse off after the mercury amalgam removal. That, that's incredible, almost two-thirds of them. Uh, this, yeah. It's so important to have someone who is a competent mercury removal expert. Well, uh, and we, we've got if some of them. call our office, we can refer them to people. We can't give the list out or they're going to be visited by their dental association yeah, to right. their license the next day. Yeah, right. But, uh, uh, and direct you to people who've been trained in the dental procedures. Right. Can we give out that number? Yes, we certainly can. I think it's the 
866 number 948-4638, is that right? Yeah, if you call that one, folks, what you're going to get is a person in Dr. Hogan's office who can tell you from a directory that he's built up of these people who are competent to do what you require to clean up your mouth. Most of them have been trained by Dr. Huggins, and these are people... they are trained or they wouldn't be on that list. Yeah, so every one of them has has had his training and understands the importance of doing this properly. So... I would certainly use that as a as a resource, as many of the people I work with about their cancer that I coach and so on, I, I encourage them to do this. And many of them, Dr. Hal, including me and my wife, have used this to find a good dentist who could do what we needed done. And we really appreciate your, your doing what you're doing. Tell us more, if you would, about how you help people with their study of their blood chemistry. Well, your blood chemistry, I've written some things here recently and found a title, The Stories in Your Blood. And yeah. I think that's really about it because the when you have a problem, some kind of a disease or so on, it's going to show up in the blood chemistry. And so it's the interpretation of the blood chemistry that is, you know, it's not taught in dental school, not taught in medical school. Uh, there was a group of people back over 100 years ago who started this. I learned about it 40-some years ago, and we now have 300,000 data points of information from following these blood chemistries, and, you know, it doesn't take too many thousands to start telling you when you have a problem, where does it come from, what's out of balance, and if you're doing something to get it in balance, is it working or not? The blood chemistry knows. I see. Because, you know, I can tell you what to do, and then you've got a choice. You do it or you don't do it. Now, I can make a mistake in telling you what to do, or you can choose not to do it. The blood chemistry is going to tattle on both of us. Is it? Okay. So it's a definite indicator of whether what you've done is properly cleaning up your mouth is, is the measurement, I guess, right? You're measuring whether that's yeah, been done fact, correctly. I just made a major discovery here. Just <laughs> It's funny. I had told myself that my... Conversation with you was an hour earlier than it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I came to the office and had nothing to do for an hour. Oh, wow. So I found something to do. I called somebody who wanted some information and was talking to him. And he said uh, he had just been through one of the programs a couple of months ago. And he had had a high ferritin, a high iron level in the blood for some time. And all of a sudden it came down. Uh-huh. And I said, well, sure, that's because... These cavitations that he had cleaned out, which is where wisdom teeth used to be, are full of bacteria that punch holes in red blood cells. And then it dawned on me, these bacteria put out a toxin that punches a hole in a red blood cell. The bacteria sucks out what it wants until it's full. Then it moves on. And what happens to that hole? It continues to leak. And that's where this iron we're seeing a whole lot of elevated irons. Where does it come from? Well, there are certain places in diets you can get it, but if it's not related to that, what is it? It's because these bacteria poking holes in the red cells, and we cannot get the red cells to come up. This is the first indicator because, hey, after as many years as I have in experience, I know how much I can raise red blood cells in a matter of a week or two. Yeah. Well, four months later, if it hasn't happened, why? Yeah. Where did I go wrong? Well, where I went wrong was not looking in the right place in the cavitation. 
for these bacteria are that punch holes in the red blood cells. My goodness. Your red cells are going to come back where they belong. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it sounds terrific. Well, I'm talking to Dr. Hal Huggins, a a wonderful researcher and, and qualified dentist, probably better qualified than anybody in the world. Uh, he's been studying this more than anyone that I know of ever in the history of the earth about the effects of dental toxicity on your health in general. And I want to make sure that you listen to this carefully and then take advantage of his resources. We're going to talk about the course that he offers you in your, the study of your blood to determine the effectiveness of what you're doing here in just a minute. So you, you might want to take some notes on that. But the number to call to get somebody close to you who is qualified, trained by this gentleman I'm talking to, Dr. Hal Huggins, is 866-948-4638. And they're located in Colorado Springs on Mountain Time. So kind of take that into account. If you want to talk to a, to a person, you need to call at the right time. There are a couple of websites I want to mention to you also. One is, of course, Dr. Huggins' website. Doctor, It's drhuggins, H-U-G-G-I-N-S dot com. The other one, which is full of information that all of us need to read, really, is terfinfo.com. The TERF stands for Toxic Element Research Foundation. And this is one that Dr. Huggins has worked with for some years and has written a number of articles for them which are on this website under research information, and you need to read the one, particularly the one about root canals, but there are several others that are extremely interesting because these problems in the mouth cause all kinds of degenerative conditions. We're not just talking about cancer here. We were just talking about the problem of people with high cholesterol and the fact that they get uh, strokes more often than anyone else because of their dental problems. So Listen up, folks. This is really important stuff here. Dr. Hal, would you describe the, the course, uh, the length of time, and the, and the amount of money it costs for someone to come and take the course for you on their, the study of their blood and so on? Well, the two-week class that we have in balance and the chemistry includes a whole lot of things. There are about 23 hours of material of things that they go through, uh, some of the, the blood tests, the intravenous vitamin C and so on, and uh, about 18 hours with me uh, for 6000 bucks. Okay. That includes supplementation, so I don't have to look at the chemistry and say, well, you need one more bottle, but that's $10 more, so we're not going to do that. No, it's all included. I see. Deal. And then the dentistry is done under very competent dentists, and if you blend the two of them together, hey, we see some nice things happen. Oh, boy. But some of these people out in the hinterlands <clears throat> who have been trained uh, can also use a computerized program that does the computer interpretation of the blood, which is considerably less. It's about, I don't know, $700, $800, something like that. I see. It doesn't involve the other procedures. It doesn't involve the IVs. It doesn't involve me. But uh, I wrote the program, so there's a whole lot of... By my own modest admission, there's a whole lot of pretty good information in it. Yeah, okay. So that can be done without coming to uh, yeah. wherever the blood study course yeah, is being that can conducted. Yeah, be done with the doctors that we have trained. I who see. Are scattered around. Yeah. There, there are how many of them on that list about altogether? Oh, I think we have 80 now. Yeah, about yeah. 80, 80. Okay, and they're all over the country, I guess. Yeah, a, a couple. All of, in the United 
United States. And a couple in Canada and outside the U.S., I guess. Yeah. So it's Guy a good idea to call. Yeah, wherever <laughs> you're, wherever you're located, folks, it's a good idea to call that number and try to get a referral. And of course, you you train people during this course, both in nutrition as well as the uh, effects of the dentistry that it's having on on their blood and and how it is affecting their condition, right? In fact, I am just rewriting something as we speak, just started last Friday, on how to interpret the blood chemistries, because this is what we teach during the 10 days or whatever that they are there. But it's kind of hard to hear it go through once and remember it. Yeah. So we are putting this together now so that it will be, supposedly you can read the report the 120-page report on interpretation of your blood chemistry and get out of it what an ancestral diet is. But a lot of people don't really get it. Uh, So I'm rewriting the portion on what is an ancestral diet. And the interesting part about that is that if you're eating what your ancestors ate 2,000 years ago and I'm eating what my ancestors ate 2,000 years ago, you and I will have the same chemistry. Oh, really? Now, it may be totally different diets. Yeah. You know, if you look at the diet from people from Hawaii and compare that to the people from Norway, yeah, there's quite a bit of difference in those diets. I see. But take somebody from Norway and take him down to Hawaii and have him eat that diet, and his chemistry goes nuts, and he'll probably get sick. I see. And vice versa, too. So the closer you get to your ancestral diet, the closer your chemistries will get to very specific points. That's interesting, and and the chemistry is the same regardless of where you come from, as far as, far as what's healthy and yeah. and whether uh, you've recovered. Hey, if your cholesterol is two twenty two, you're in good shape for defending against cancer and heart disease and yeah. depression and all kinds of things that you wouldn't want to have. But you drop below one hundred and sixty, and the incidence of suicide goes up. Uh, car accidents and stuff like that. Oh, um, alcoholism it. goes up five hundred percent. There are all kinds of things that happen when you get away from the magical figure that's been there for a century of 222. But you drop down, especially below 160, and all these things start precipitating on you. What do you think about the the, dentistry taken care of and the diet if you're going to get all these chemistries to come to where they belong? Why do you think that the doctors give people statin drugs who have a, a total cholesterol of 180 or 200 to get it down to 140 or something ridiculously well, low? That's because of the legal profession yeah. that is now practicing medicine because there's been enough advertising to scare people that now if a doctor puts somebody on statin drugs and takes them off of it and yeah. they die, hey, the doctor's in trouble. Yeah, here, yeah here. he killed them. Oh boy! <laughs> and it's you know it's not true, but it's what people believe, and it's what juries will believe. And so there's no way a doctor is going to say uh, your cholesterol is fine. Yeah. You know, no matter what your cholesterol is, I had a doctor tell me one time, "Well, I wish my cholesterol was zero. Well, if you consider that 25 percent of the brain is cholesterol, <laughs> and all your cognitive function is dependent on cholesterol, maybe his is zero. 
Yeah, well, it obviously has something to do with the fact that they are educated largely by the, the pharmaceutical industry that produces well, Crestor and all the other things. you get things. out of school, it's awfully expensive to take postgraduate work. Yeah. And so you get your postgraduate training from the drug detail men. Right. And of the people in private practice, there is one drug detail man for every four doctors. Incredible, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Do the math on that and you figure out, hey, how are you paying this guy's salary <laughs> if you've only got four clients? Yeah, that's right. Here, here. And, you know, there are so many things like this that are prescribed simply because, you know, they're covering symptoms, supposedly, uh, with, you know, drugs and procedures. That's what doctors do, really. Yeah. Uh, but most of them are, are much more harmful than they, than they do any good at all, and they certainly don't heal. So the way you get healed, folks, is to listen to people like Dr. Huggins, who is going to look at the, the basis of your, your health, which is, of course, your blood chemistry, and is going to tell you exactly what you need to do and then help you find the resource and get it done and then measure the effects. That's what you do, is it not, Dr. Hal? Yes, and the important part there is, you know, you look at the chemistry and you give directions. Then you do a follow-up chemistry. When we do it in the programs where people attend us, we're looking at a chemistry six days later. Yeah. And you change things in six days. Hey, if you take a high cholesterol, say 400, now that's getting pretty well up there, uh, we can drop it 100 points in one in six days. Okay. And triglycerides are pretty dangerous. And the best we've done there was to drop a triglyceride 802 points in six days. My goodness. Wow. Would you talk a little bit about the other, I know there's, there's a lot of information in this article on root canals at the terfinfo.com about other so-called diseases like uh well, autoimmune diseases like um, MS and, and lupus and so on that are also affected by the same source of dental toxins. Could you talk about some of those that have jumped out at you? Well, you mentioned the MS and the ALS. These are the things that we see a whole lot of. And uh, according to the people who run my computers here, diabetes is right up there with it. In fact, <laughs> you ever hear of leprosy? Yes, right. When the Dental Association decided we should start doing a whole lot more root canals, the incidence of leprosy went up 400%. No kidding. So there are a whole lot of diseases here. If you look at all the diseases and symptoms, you're looking at about 200 of them. So that's kind of a long list. But chronic fatigue and depression, uh, these are way high up. But it's very easy to figure out how you get multiple sclerosis and Lou Gehrig's disease because the root canals put out toxins which interfere with the function of the nervous system. Now, you interfere with the function of the nervous system, and it's either going to take the form of multiple sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, or seizures, or memory, Alzheimer's, this sort of thing. It's the same problem, and it's the same solution. It's just if it affects you slightly differently, you stick a different name on it. I wrote a book back in about 2000 or 2002 Uh called Solving the MS Mystery. Okay. And uh, I said I would write that book when I had seen 2,000 patients or when I'd seen 1,000 MS patients. And that year I saw the 1,000th, and I had categories for the MS patients. you know how many categories I had? No, how many? 1,000. Wow. Because each one 
is slightly different. Yeah. You're different from me, so the same challenge to me is going to create something different from what it creates in you, and somebody else gets no effect from it. But autoimmune disease is where you can get this from mercury or you can get it from root canals. You get a chemical that touches one of your cells. Your cells, each one of your cells, has something called a major histocompatibility complex, which I took four years of immunology, so I had to learn how to spell that. (laughs) But what it amounts to is a license number. It's your like your Social Security number. So you've got your own code number on every cell in your body. Well, if you add another item to that number, you've got a number there, and then it ends in M. Hey, and that stands for mercury. All of a sudden, you are non-self. And yeah. from that cell, see, the immune system looks for two things. Cells that are identified as self, mm-hmm. which have your license plate, or non-self, which is your license plate, plus another atom or chemical on it. Yeah, okay. And so if it has something different, it is non-self, and the immune system does its job description by destroying that cell. Right. Now, then they say, well, we have to come in and kill off your immune system because it's killing the wrong cells. Mm -hmm. No, it is not killing the wrong cells. It is killing non-self cells. That have mercury on them, yeah. It has mercury, it has copper, it has... Yeah. Well, we're studying 70 different bacteria, which isn't all of them by any means. Some of them produce one toxin, some five toxins. One of them produces 70 toxins. My goodness. So, you know, that's a big battle here to figure out how to destroy the toxins. But if you don't destroy the toxins as well as get rid of the heavy metals, because the two are working together now, right. the patient's not going to get well. Yeah, I've seen the uh, the video of the effects of mercury on on brain cells, neurons, and so on, where they just shrink up and go away yeah. as the mercury hits them, the vapor. It's incredibly right. dangerous stuff, I'll tell you. Well, it, it's amazing how many things that affect us that are so-called degenerative conditions are caused by what is going on in our oral cavity. I mean, this amazes me almost every day, but I've become convinced of it enough now after talking to 3,000 or so people on the phone about their cancer that I know to tell them almost every time if they have any dental work that is a questionable amount and almost everybody does, they, they need to get it evaluated by somebody competent and that's the key. The, the competence is very, very limited. I would say your list of, of 80 or so people, you know, there may be another dozen or so in the United States competent to do that, but there certainly aren't very many. Mm-hmm. And I, I just urge people to go and, and get their yeah, mouth maybe evaluated. One thing that I hope we could mention was don't criticize your dentist for not doing it and don't discuss it much with the dentists who do do it because they're all sitting on pins and needles because if, well, in the state of Colorado, which is one of the worst, if you were to call the state attorney general or call the uh, dental association here and say, is mercury poisonous? And the dentist says yes. Uh, the dentist is going to lose his license yeah. uh, right off the bat. So, yeah. you know, they've got to be paranoid that anybody who calls and asks, is mercury poisonous, may be a plant. Yeah, because that's right. Because they certainly do have plants. I've had them in my office. <laughs> kind of an interesting thing, uh, two lawyers posing as uh, husband and wife, 
one of them had to go to the bathroom, and I asked how many children they had, and then uh, the other one had to go to the bathroom, and I asked the first one who went how many children they had, and they couldn't agree on how many children they had nor what sex they were. (laughs) (laughs) They obviously hadn't prepared themselves for grilling by... By a professional like you. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway. Been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, dental toxins are a very toxic subject, folks. I know one dentist, uh, an oral surgeon, who will remain nameless, who carries a forty-five automatic under his armpit all the time, except when he's actually operating on patients, simply because he is somewhat paranoid, and uh, there well, are good reasons for Just because you're paranoid that. doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. So, folks, listen up here. It's very important information. Uh, try the website terfinfo.com if you want to get information on this that is very, very up-to-date, much of it written by Dr. Huggins and people like him who write the articles for this website. It is a very, very important source of information. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hal. We'll do this again because, obviously, this message is one of the most important ones that people need to get, not just about cancer, but about every health condition there is, basically. And we appreciate you helping us generate awareness. Yeah, well. Our goal is to get toxicity out of dentistry. Of course, the pharmaceutical industry is going to be hurt by that, but, you know, they can find something else to work with. They can stand it. Yeah, really, thanks, Dr. Hal. It's so important, and I appreciate you coming back, and we'll do this again very soon. Thank you. Have a great day. All righty. We'll see you. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson.